as we look upon the cross at Calvary through the precious gift that God has given us in this world. And as we look upon that cross with faith in Jesus Christ, God's only begotten son. Yes, we receive grace when we accept the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. Reading from the New Living Translation, it reads, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. We want to continue this morning in our series of Advent where we talked about Advent as season of connections. This morning I want to share from the subject of Advent, a connection of sin and forgiveness. Advent, a connection of sin and forgiveness. Let us pray. Gracious Father, we come now into your presence and in your power, and we ask God that you would fill us afresh. And I ask God that you would pour your Holy Spirit upon each of us, Father, that we might receive from you this day all that we stand in need of. And I pray, God, that you would look upon this servant, this vessel, and I ask that you would use me, God, for your will and for your glory. And I ask you, God, that you would have your way in this moment. And, Father, we continue to bless you and to thank you. And I ask, God, that you would open our ears and help us to listen. Open our eyes, for we want to see Jesus. Then open our hearts that we might receive him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Blessed Holy Ghost. Amen. Advent. A season of connections. But this morning we want to talk about a connection of sin and forgiveness. As we come to this last Sunday of Advent, we have seen that Advent produces a spirit of connection. We also discovered that Advent promotes a connection of family. And on last Sunday, we discovered that how Advent connects humanity and divinity. Today we come to this familiar passage of scripture in John chapter 3, the Gospel of John. In this third chapter of John, it starts with Nicodemus coming to Jesus during the night. And Nicodemus does not want to risk his reputation, so he comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness. The conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus leads to a discussion about salvation and eternal life. Jesus explains the process of spiritual birth, but Nicodemus does not seem to grasp what Jesus is revealing to him. Because of Nicodemus' lack of understanding, Jesus admonishes Nicodemus for not being able to grasp the earthly analogy of spiritual birth. The truth of the matter is, we all are just like Nicodemus. We are no different than Nicodemus is. Yes, many of us have tried to find or we couldn't understand what it really means to be spiritually born again. Yes, some of us have to admit that we are trying and have tried to do things in our own way. How many of us have tried to make it into heaven on our own terms or under our own strength? How many people do you know that have believed that they can be accepted into the presence of God on their own merit? Yes, we try, but it will all fail. 
There is only one way that we make it into the presence of God. There is only one way that we are saved. There is only one way that we receive eternal life, and that is through Jesus the Christ. Well, this Sunday, we want to focus on the connection of sin and forgiveness. The first thing that I want us to see out of our text is this. Sin and forgiveness connect because of a generous gift. The foundation of God's gift to the world is love. Yes, the word in the text says so. God so loved the world. It doesn't mean that he loved the world so much. It means he loved the world in this way. Yes, there is a generous gift that God gave to the world, and it was wrapped in love. Love is the motivating force behind God giving his son, Jesus Christ. Yes, it wasn't motivated by, by merit or, or how well we could do. Because if it was, we would all fail. It wasn't motivated by arriving at a certain position or, or status in life. It doesn't matter what status of life you're in. It doesn't matter what position in life you hold. It won't get you into heaven. God did not give the precious gift of his son based on our financial standing either. It doesn't matter how much money you have. God is not going to let you in simply because you're rich. See, God gave his son based on the standard of love, but not just any love. He gave through the power of agape love. Yes, he willfully loved us. He, he gave us his only begotten son. He loved us without limits. Yes, God gave us the type of love that is hard for us to display. He loved us beyond all limits. He gave us agape love. That is the motivating force behind the love that he has given to us in this world, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, on the cross at Calvary. See, the tradition of gift-giving during this Christmas season was intended to express the agape type of love. But somewhere along the way, we have lost the true meaning and essence of what gift giving means in this time of year. Yes, somewhere along the way, we've lost the true meaning of what it means to give a gift. Yes, we've given gifts out of selfish motivation. Yes, and sometimes we have to admit that we're giving gifts simply so that we can receive in return. We've got to understand that God gave in spite of knowing that some of us would refuse the gift that he has given. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. God gave us a most precious gift knowing that some people would refuse the gift. Now, if that was some of us and we knew that someone was going to refuse the gift that we were about to give them, we would never give the gift. But God said, I love the world. I love not only the, the cosmos, but I love the people. I love the souls of the world, and I love them so much that I'm willing to give the most precious gift, my son, Jesus Christ. And because God loved us in that way, and because this was how he wanted to redeem mankind, he gave us the most precious gift of his son, Jesus Christ. Is it possible that we have made gift giving so common that it is lost its true purpose? You see, God gave because of the love, and he gave that expression of love out of true, sincere love. See, we are using Christmas to reflect the love of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do. Use this Christmas season, this Christmas holiday, to reflect the love of Christ. And if we're truly going to reflect the love of Christ, we've got to learn to give out of love. We've got to learn to give 
out of a selfless motivation. Yes, we give not selfishly, but selflessly. See, God gave his most precious gift, his son. God chose his most prized and precious possession in heaven, his son, Jesus Christ, and he gave it to us, humanity. Yes, he gave us the best that he had. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ. The text says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yes, he gave us the best that he had. He placed the best that he has in this wretched world and he gave it as a gift to us that we might find a way to him. Yes, he placed the real thought behind the gift. He had real concern behind his gift. And because he thought long and hard about the gift to give us and he did it out of love he gave us the thing that we needed the most in this world the gift of his son jesus christ and because he gave us the gift of his son jesus christ the most precious gift that he had he didn't stop by the ten dollar rack at the store and grab a gift just to give a gift he gave us the most precious gift that he had he didn't stop by the dime store to get a gift and give us a gift. He gave us the most precious thing that he had out of heaven, his only begotten son. I want us to make sure that we don't miss the underlying message of the text. Yes, God gave out of love. Yes, he gave his most precious gift. But don't miss the fact that his gift was a sacrifice. Yes, his gift was a sacrifice. Not many of us give gifts that are of a sacrifice. But Jesus Christ was a sacrifice for God to give us. He gave us his only begotten son. Has it hit you yet that God did all of this for you? He made a great expression of love just for you and for me. Maybe we need to see it the way that we should individually. Have you ever been the only one to believe that God is on your side and have you ever been the only one to believe that something is going to happen and, and yet God had to make it happen. God has to make it a reality for you. God did this just for you. If you had been the only one that was going to receive the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, he would have done it just for you. I heard the words of a song. It said, just for me. Yes, just for me. Jesus came and did it just for me. We got to learn to see the gospel of Jesus Christ in that way. We got to learn to see the gift of God in that way, that he did it just for me. Yes, he did it for all of humanity, but we got to learn to see it in an individual manner. And we got to learn to see it in a manner which it hits home for us and realize that God did all that he did. He gave out of love. He gave us the most precious gift he had, and he did it just for you. He did it just for me. And if he did it just for you, imagine the joy that you could have if you really understood that God gave you the most precious gift that he had. He didn't hold back the gift. He didn't hold back and give us something cheap. He didn't hold back and give us something meaningless. He didn't hold back and give us something out of just duty. But he gave to us out of love. And because he gave to us out of love and he gave us the most precious gift he had and he did it just for you. God gave us the most precious gift to connect sin with forgiveness. But one other thing that I saw in the text, God connects our sin with forgiveness because of applied faith in Jesus. God supplied his son as the object of our faith. To have faith in Jesus is to trust him fully. Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he, Jesus, 
will soon become the vessel God has sent to redeem mankind from the fall. We must put our trust in Jesus and the work he done on the cross of Calvary. Well, maybe you say, why Jesus? He was God's choice, God's way to deal with our sins. That's why, again, the text says, so, in this way. Yes, Jesus in God's way to redeem mankind. Jesus is God's way of showing his love to us. Jesus is the manner by which God chose to save us. Applied faith in Jesus usually results, or it always results, in eternal life. See, it's another thing for us to put our faith in Jesus, but we receive even more if we put our faith in Jesus. Yes, we not only receive salvation when we put our faith in Jesus, but we also receive eternal life. See, without faith in Jesus and the acceptance of him and the work that he's done on the cross, it's impossible for us to even be accepted by God. It's impossible for us to be in the presence of God if we have not accepted Jesus Christ's atoning work on the cross at Calvary. If we have not by faith accepted Jesus Christ as God's way of redeeming and saving mankind. See, with faith in Jesus, we are given access to the Father. See, Jesus reveals to Nicodemus that through him, salvation will come. But he is also letting Nicodemus know God gives something in addition to salvation. We receive eternal life. Yes, God is letting us know that with this gift of salvation, you receive another precious gift, eternal life. You see, eternal life is more than just time with God or eternity with God. Eternal life is the quality of time that we'll have with God. The quality of our time that we'll have in the presence of God. When we accept Jesus by faith, we receive eternal life at the moment that we are saved. Yes, John, first chapter, John chapter, first John chapter five tells us God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. Yes, God says life is in his son. And when we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior, we've gotten salvation. But we get another thing that comes alongside that salvation. We get eternal life. And that's what we're all living for. That's what we're all striving for is eternal life. To live in the presence of God forever. To live in such a quality way in the presence of God. We're living so we might be in glory with the Father. We're living that one day we might be in the presence of the Lord forever. There'll be no more sickness there. There'll be no more dying there. There'll be no more crying there. Why? Because nothing's there except for the Father and the goodness of the Father. And because we're there with the Father in the presence of the Lord. But how did we get there? We got there through his most precious gift. That is his son Jesus Christ. And we put our faith in the atoning work that he did on the cross at Calvary. That's what got us in to the kingdom of God. And because we are now in the kingdom of God, by the faith in Jesus Christ, we have gotten eternal life. We have inherited eternal life. We now have access to the Father. And we now have a promise to be with the Father in heaven. We've now got a promise to be with the Father through all of eternity. Why? Because God gave us salvation and he came along with a side of eternal life. And because God has given us, again, this most precious gift, He's allowed us access to his kingdom. But the last thing that I want to share out of our text is this. God also gave us sin and forgiveness connection through the fact that he gave us a most precious and wonderful 
thing that we could ever have. He gave us the right to be in his kingdom. And he gave us that right to be not only in his kingdom and to use that applied faith that we have in Jesus Christ. But as we apply that faith in Jesus Christ and that precious gift that God has given us, we then find ourselves in the presence of the Lord. And we find ourselves there. Why? Because Advent reminds us that God has granted grace over condemnation. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, God has granted grace over condemnation. When I think about the fact that God gave us grace when we are deserving of condemnation. See, Romans 6 and 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Yes, the wages of sin is death. That's what we were all deserving of when we sinned. We were all deserving of death, but God gave us grace instead. Yes, God granted us grace over condemnation. See, God's love is demonstrated by his provision of grace instead of condemnation. When I think about what God gave me instead of giving me what I deserve, I began to be grateful and thankful because he gave me grace instead of condemnation. See, grace answers the sin problem. Hallelujah. Grace answers the problem that we have with sin. Isn't it interesting that God chose to answer our sin problem with grace? Isn't it interesting that he gave us what we didn't deserve in order to take care of what we couldn't take care of? Our sin debt. And he gave us grace instead of condemnation. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful that God gave us a chance. He gave us opportunity by giving us grace. Yes, Advent reminds us that God did not send his son to judge the world or to condemn us, but he sent his son to save us. He sent his son into the world and he gave us grace. Yes, 1 Timothy 2 shares with us that God wants everyone saved. And to understand the truth that Jesus Christ is the way that God is choosing to reconcile man back to himself. When we understand that God has given us a way, he's given us a way back to him. And that way is through his son, Jesus Christ. John said, if Jesus Christ is lifted up, then he will draw all men to the Father. It's our job to see Christ lifted up. Yes, the way it says that Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Christ was lifted up on the cross at Calvary. And because Christ was lifted up on the cross at Calvary, and as they looked upon that serpent, they were saved. They were redeemed from the plague that was running through the camp. As we look upon the cross at Calvary through the precious gift that God has given us in this world, and as we look upon that cross with faith in Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, yes, we receive grace when we accept the atoning work of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. We receive grace when we put our faith in his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, that did his atoning work on the cross of Calvary. We are redeemed back to God when we put our faith in his only begotten son, Jesus the Christ. And when we put our faith in his son, Jesus the Christ, God grants us grace. And when he grants us grace, he granted us grace over condemnation. But there are some people who will still rather walk in their condemned state than to choose the grace of God. I encourage you today, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, accept the most precious gift that God has given. Accept the most precious gift that God has ever given to the world. That is his son, Jesus Christ. And as you accept that gift, you accept the grace that God is supplying. He supplied enough grace to cover your sins. He supplied enough grace to cover my sins. He supplied enough grace to cover 
cover the sins of the world. And yes, as we continue to go through this Christmas season, the true reason for the season is Jesus Christ. Yes, his coming to the world so that we can celebrate and have, he didn't come into the world so that we could celebrate and exchange gifts. He came into the world so that he could take care of the penalty, the power, and one day the presence of sin. Yes, Christmas is about one true gift giver, and that is God. And it's about the one true gift that he gave, and that is his son, Jesus Christ. Yes, we give gifts, but nobody can give gifts like God. Yes, God gave the gift that can heal a hurting soul. God gave the gift that can bring peace into the midst of any storm. Yes, God gave the gift that can bring joy in the midnight hour. God gave the gift that can bring hope in a hopeless situation. Yes, sin meant forgiveness in the Garden of Eden. Yes, when Adam and Eve messed up and they sinned in the garden. And God met them there with grace and forgiveness. Yes, sin met, uh, sin met forgiveness when David found himself committing several sins. Yes, he committed the sin of lust. He was coveting and he was adulterous. And yes, he attempted to cover his sins rather than confess his sins. And he committed murder. But God met David's sins with grace. He met him with mercy. He met him with forgiveness. See, sin meets grace when we find ourselves just like the woman who was caught in the act of adultery. She found herself seeing the grace of God rather than the penalty of death. Yes, she found forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Advent is about coming, the coming of the Savior. Jesus came because of love. Yes, he came that he might give us that agape love, that hope that comes as an opportunity to find peace with God. And because we have peace with God, we can have joy. I have joy because God is on my side. We can have joy because God has taken our sin to the cross. We can have joy because our sins have been met with forgiveness. We can have joy. Why? Because God has given us his most precious gift. On the cross, a generous and precious gift was given. On the cross hung the object of our faith. On the cross, God's grace covered us and ruled over our sin situation, over condemnation. He gave us grace instead of for us condemnation. God gave us the thing that we needed the most. He gave us grace and he gave us forgiveness instead of condemnation. I'm so glad that my sin met forgiveness on the cross at Calvary. You should be glad that your sins have met forgiveness on the cross at Calvary. When we've taken our sin to the cross at Calvary by placing our hope in Jesus Christ, we take our sins to the cross at Calvary by placing our hope in the one and only Son of God the Father. And as we put our hope and our trust in Him, He finds and gives us grace. He gives us the grace that will cover our sin debt. He gives us the grace that will make us right before Him. He gives us the grace that will give us access to His kingdom. He gives us grace that will give us eternal life. But we have to put our, great, our trust in His precious Son, Jesus Christ. God gave us a precious gift. He gave us a gift of grace instead of condemnation. But the one thing that we can't forget, that he gave it to us out of love. So as we go through this Christmas season, as we go about celebrating, let's not forget the love of God. Let's not forget the love that God shared with this world. And as we give gifts, let us remember that God gave us the most precious gift, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And that as he gave us that precious gift of his son, Jesus Christ, we accept that gift. It comes with eternal life. It's like buying a toy, but there are no batteries in it. 
But God gave us the gift. And he gave us the thing that makes the gift worth giving. He gave us eternal life. That means that we can enjoy the relationship with God to the fullest. We can enjoy and look forward to that day that we'll find ourselves in the kingdom of God. Singing, praising, and worshiping. Along with the 24 elders and the angelic host. Singing glory. Glory to our Father. Hallelujah. 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 Praise be to the Lamb of God. The one thing that we should celebrate today. And that we should celebrate on Christmas. Is the fact that God gave us a precious gift of his son Jesus Christ. And that gift allows our sin to meet forgiveness. And as we receive that forgiveness. We receive salvation and eternal life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.